I don't know if you believe in divine appointments, but um, I was with my mother-in-law in Meyer. Uh, was about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, and uh, got done at checkout, and I was we were walking towards the door, and some guy was like, "Hey, Mr. Walsh, how you doing?" <laughs> and I uh, looked, and I was like, "Oh man, that's Akeem," and. Um, I had this blank moment. You never had one of those things where you're like so surprised to see somebody that you don't know what to say. And um, so I was just like, hi, how you doing? And I just kept <laughs> walking. And, uh, and then I texted him and I was like, hey, Akeem, it's good seeing you, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, yeah, I didn't know that you even recognized me. <laughs> so, um, so it got me thinking. And um, so we ended up getting together for lunch to talk. And uh, Tanner can confirm this because he was creeping on me that day. He saw me. Uh, we were at City Bird over in Crestview, sitting outside, enjoying nice weather. And um, so we got talking about, um, you know, the things that are going on in our world today. And uh, we were talking about race. And um, so as this thought didn't occur to me before we got together. This thought didn't occur to me before I, we got together, but as we were talking, I was like, we should, like, do something on a Wednesday night with this. Yeah, so I said, would you come and would you do Q&A with me? And, um, and so that was, that was really cool. We, so we, we talked a little bit back and forth through texting and email. And then uh, just today, uh, Adonis joined our our group, and so now I've got both of both of these brothers here today. Now, are you guys twins? Okay, all right, twins, and they're CCS graduates, 2017, 2017 graduates. So some of the upperclassmen here remember them, maybe even some of the younger ones, and um, so I'm really glad. Uh, and uh, Adonis, where are you going to school now? Oh, is that on? Maybe? Uh, uh, all right. I think mine is really loud. I don't know why. Because um, I tend to overpower it anyway. Okay. All right. Is yours on? Probably not. Oh, is, yeah, it? Yeah, right. is it on? You want to have to boost those. This is a different kind of mic, so you might have to uh, boost Mic those. check. Yeah, there you go. All right. So where are you going to school now? So I'm going at NKU. I'm going into my fourth year. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you're involved in a... Uh, a ministry there. What's that called? Yeah, so I'm actually on the leadership team with Campus Outreach, which is a Christian ministry at NKU. Right. That's awesome. And uh, uh, Molly. Molly's in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Norse. Uh, and uh, so, and then Akeem is kind of in between schools right now. So where are you looking to go in the fall? You see Claremont. UC Claremont. And, and use, the, use the mic, and there's two reasons for that. <laughs> One, so they can hear you, and we're recording this, right? You see okay. Claremont? Yes. You're scaring them, guys. All right. Okay, so why would I have these two guys up here? Uh, because we're talking about race. And um, so, guys, tell me a little bit about uh, your race, and um, so how, how does that, how's that uh, line out for you guys? Um, so with us, 
it's, it's, I don't know how simple it is. I don't know how far back our race goes, but our mother is white and our dad is black. Okay. So, um, so it's sort of like a half and half. Yeah, we're All right. biracial, yeah. Okay, biracial. All right. And so, um, do you feel like um, your race is something that you're, 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 you're proud of, or is that something that, um, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, I wish this wasn't true? <laughs> I mean, I look in the mirror and I wish it wasn't true, but for different reasons. <laughs> so... That question, um, I don't know. If anything, I would be proud of my race just because that's part of me, that's who I am. But there's definitely like, that definitely is a part of me. Me being black and me being white is part of me and I like own up to that, so. Okay. Um, so do you ever, in the, either one of you can answer this, do you ever feel caught in the middle? Oh, so one of my favorite things, I, I just tell everybody, because this is so true, like, if I'm, like, in a, in a mainly black neighborhood or something, I'm a white guy, but if I'm in uh, a mainly white neighborhood, I'm a black guy, and that's how you really know that you're mixed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, now, uh, being that this is northern Kentucky, um, do you find, this wasn't on our list of, of, of questions, but it just occurred to me to ask this. Do you find that you spend the majority of your time with white people or black people or a mix? How does that work for you guys? I would say for sure, like the most of my time is spent amongst like my peers, they're, they're predominantly white, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. At college yeah. or like even outside of college? Uh, even outside of college, just because um, growing up, like we've always been in now like predominantly white schools, yeah. like going to Ryle High School and then like CCS and stuff like that. So, yeah. So you guys live where? So I live, uh, so our parents live in Union, but I live in Erlanger with a couple of my buddies from college. Oh, okay, college buddies. Yeah, so we're still in the NKY area. But. Okay. But I live at home in Union where... My parents, I'm still at home because I was, so I was away at college, which was predominantly black, and now I'm back home because I'm transferring schools, so I'm staying at home in Union. So is that like culture shock, coming back home to live? I still have the same friends I had when I left, so. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so um, have you ever been stereotyped in a way that you thought was unfair? Like, just because of your race? Kind of, he kind of mentioned it a little bit, but like I said, uh, growing up and going around, like, predominantly white schools, and most of my peers would be white, something I would hear all the time, like, amongst my peers were, like, you're the whitest black person we know, and they're, they're kind of like, they would put me in this criteria based on, uh -huh. you know, how I dress, how I talk, like, because, like, I'm a product of my environment, so, yeah. like, I, I talk like them, I, I'm, they would call me well-spoken, stuff like that. And at the time, you, you don't really think much of it. Um, I would just let stuff like that slip off my shoulder. But as I, as I gotten older and, like, gained more knowledge, I think back on it. It's not – and I don't think that anyone, like, my friends would say that with, like, malice or any ill intent, but mm. just kind of, like, lack of knowledge or just little to no understanding almost. But, yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, I think that the – Sometimes even the way we try to relate to each other, like, I'm going to, like, I, I want to reach out and say something uh, can actually be counterproductive. You know, we, 
try to say things the right way and it comes out wrong. But um, so I think, Akeem, you were saying something like um, it, it kind of makes you feel small sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the stereotypes, no matter like what is being said, is it just kind of puts you in a category, like in a box. So like no matter like what it is that's being said about you, it makes me feel like I'm over here with that those people. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as 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 junior hires, we are, remember, aren't we all glad that we're not in junior high anymore? Can I get an amen? Um, in junior high, it's uh, it's. It's brutal because, like, nobody has any filters, and all we can see is each other's physical features, right? And we, like, we, like, kill each other for our physical features. Like, if you're fat or skinny or you got a big nose or, you know, like, <laughs> which one was that for? The big nose? The big, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, like, skin color would be one of those things, right? And then, you know, like... But we kind of like, hopefully, if we actually mature like we're supposed to, as we get into high school, this is why I love high school ministry rather than junior high ministry, we, we like start to look inside more, at least if we're maturing properly. Like, you can tell if there's a high schooler that's a little bit delayed, if they're like talking about physical features, it's like they were in junior high still. But... Um, you know, we want to try to get past that being mature. And uh, does it, like, because you guys were in junior high, and when you're in junior high, I don't know if anybody said anything to you about this color of your skin, but uh, does it frustrate you at all that, like, when you're your age now, that that's still an issue? Uh, I would say so, just on the fact that, because like I said earlier, when when my peers are saying stuff like that, at that age, you kind of just let it slip off your shoulders, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, when you look back on it, think on it, it's like, I, I almost feel like, okay, they're placing me in this category based off like, what they think a typical black person is, like, um, maybe what they observed in shows or movies, or maybe what they've been taught from their parents or stuff like that. Everybody um, should be like Denzel. Right? <laughs> yeah, so training day. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I say it, it can get a little frustrating for sure. Okay. Um, so one of the hottest topics right now comes out of this uh, situation with George Floyd. And uh, when that happened, there was a lot of, is anger the right word against the police? Yeah, uh, it definitely would be a word to use. Yeah. So um, how do you guys feel about, like, the situation with the police in America today? Um, do you feel that they treat black people unfairly? I, I do. I um, Talking about, like, the police system yeah. and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I do. And, like, I was telling you, that I think that they are, can be oppressing. But then I also told you in the same sentence or something that I think there can be two sides to a cop. And I didn't really explain that to you, but I think what I was trying to say was, um, like, it's the police are kind of like, I feel like are like a system, like, everywhere. And the, the way they come down on certain places versus other places, the way they're used for this or that, 
is a lot different. But at the same time, that doesn't define an actual cop, that, that person themselves, because they work for that. I'm going to say that use the word system. Right. So you're saying that, uh, you know, if your neighbor is a police officer, there's a good chance he's a pretty decent person. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, one, you know, I don't know if you know this, but we've everywhere we've lived growing up and we've moved a lot, there's always been a policeman on our street. Yeah. All right. Yes. May, uh, do you feel safer because of that or is that like, oh no, there's a policeman on our street? I look I look across the driver like I wonder what they're doing like are they watching me? <laughs> no, they got know. surveillance cameras up everywhere. Um I don't know if it, we we were talking about Chris Douthit and he said that there've been a couple of times that just because he was black, he felt like he got pulled over. He was going the speed limit. They pulled him over, and they didn't tell him he was speeding. They just told him to get out of the car, and they wanted to search it. And, um, and, uh, but he, he's real dark, you know what I mean? He's real dark. And uh, he said that, especially back in the 90s and stuff like that, that would happen. Uh, do you think that that kind of stuff still happens today? I think it might happen a little bit less, because uh, like, I was just talking to my mom about how even how much harsher it was even just 15 years ago but it, people definitely do get profiled and and pulled over for unnecessary reasons all the time and and even for your skin color so okay um so uh why do you think that i, I well i'm going to stick to my script here because i don't want to throw you a curve um there's this saying out there right now uh, uh black lives matter and then I've heard also people say, uh, it's almost like to, to kind of like discredit that statement, uh, all lives matter. Uh, when people say, kind of like as a, as a way to dismiss black lives matter, that all lives matter, how does that make you guys feel? Uh, to be honest, the all lives matter just to me personally, it, that was a phrase that I, it just kind of didn't sit right with me. And I had like a hard time internalizing that phrase, especially with everything that was going on. Um, and then I seen this video, it was this uh, white pastor in NYC, and uh, he was kind of breaking it down. Uh, and he said, he was like, pretty much to simplify it, he said, like anyone with a functioning brain can understand that like all lives matter. But right now, like, there's a portion in our community that is, like, suffering, they're hurting, uh, like, they're in pain, and, like, that like that needs attention. And he said, he said, the people that say all lives matter to black lives matter are the same people that during uh, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, when he would say, blessed are the poor, they would interrupt him, like, no, blessed are all people, like, type deal. And so... I thought that did a good job at simplifying that and kind of like breaking it down. It's like, yes, like we understand all lives matter. That's why we're saying black lives matter because until all lives matter equally, like we're getting nowhere with it. So, okay, you want to add to that? Because you said something really simple when uh, we sat down to lunch, and I was like, yeah, and I appreciate what Adonis said too. I, I uh, just said that I just feel like they're not for us, quote, whoever may say that. I just because. When especially and like you said, with everything going on, it was hard for you to understand. And it's and it's true. There's a, there's a lot going on right now. And if for someone to say all lives matter versus trying to support, I feel like that was their way in a non-racist way of showing that they don't care. Okay. 
So uh, but that that's okay. just that's me. But I mean, I'm a biracial kid. I'm not even fully black, and I'm sure there's other people that think the exact same way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Have you guys looked into like all of the stuff related to like the Black Lives Matter um, organization? Like, there's a website, BlackLivesMatter.com, um, and and they have like this like list of uh, beliefs or things that they stand for. Um, I, I wonder, um, I think that there are two ways that people are looking at this Black Lives Matter thing, or maybe three. Uh, one, it's just a simple phrase. Black Lives Matter, and we should like care about that. And, and so they pick up that banner and they're like, and they might wear the t-shirt because they believe that that's true. And there are a lot of other people that grab that mantle and they're like, they want to like tear down the whole system and rebuild it according to this set of this principles that they have. And uh, a lot of it's very uh, revolutionary, like, I mean, a lot of it's like Marxist even where we just, we're just going to, you know, take everybody's money and we're going to just distribute it all evenly and that kind of stuff. Um, does somebody, can you like embrace Black Lives Matter without embracing some of the nonsense that's uh, attributed to it? Is that some, or is it, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it like Christianity, right? Um, I'm a Christian, and I embrace Christianity, but there are a lot of kooky people out there that call themselves Christians, too. And, uh, and so I try to distance myself from that and try to embrace the purity of it. Does that sound like I, I feel like that's almost the same way you can look at, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, where... Because even, like, some of the things you were saying, like, I don't agree with, but mm -hmm. it's like you can still be an ally and still, like, embrace the movement without completely agreeing with 100% of what everyone's trying to do with it, so. Yeah. So it might be good for any of us here today who are thinking about this subject to be very careful what we choose to align ourselves with because uh, somebody might stereotype us as something that we really don't think. So... Uh, if somebody asks you about why you wear your Christian T-shirt or, or some other, you know, stand for some, some other organization, be careful of what you know. Like even like uh, you're wearing a Nike shirt. Nike stands for stuff, right? Um, but, you know, and you might not align with everything that Nike aligns with. So know where you stand on all those issues. And I think that that's something we could take away. Um, so uh, just to get practical here, uh, what are some ways in which white people can um, help heal the racial problems in America? Could you like kind of like tell me a little bit what I said? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, could tell here. you, but I wanted to. Yeah, it's the bottom one there. All right. Um, well, why not just, I said work together. And by together, I kind of meant like when you said there are other ways that you can help or support without necessarily agreeing with everything that's mm -hmm. being posted or said, that's that's possible. So just being like lenient mm -hmm. with your friends or family that you know that are black. And then I said just 
Uh, with yeah, I said with other black people, and then I said just voting, educate, voting educational. Like there's there, you know, politics are definitely like a, a a very like it's just as big as the Black Lives Matter movement, if a not divisive bigger. issue. Yeah, it's right? a very uh, dividing thing, and mm-hmm. and um and I I think that with politics comes a lot of power, and I feel like if you're not voting then you necessarily i mean you can help out but the people that can really make a change you want you want the people who are in power and you want to vote for that what you believe in vote for people that can make the yeah, right changes make a change yeah so i mean that's the smallest way anybody can uh help out and then i just said like support like black business i felt like that was that's key too um well, wealth is power, and I, I, it really is. And if and if uh, we're building each other up, then like we have more control of our communities and just what's going on around. Mm-hmm. So I had a few things to add too. Yeah. So I wrote a couple of things down. Like uh, I said, there's a few just big things that we could do, and one of the first ones was just be an ally. Like um, I believe that we're all created in the image of God, and so like we're all children of God. So you guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it's, like, when you see your brother or sister, like, suffering or hurting, like, like let them know, like, you got their back. Like, be an ally to them. Um, also, probably, like, educate yourself. You kind of spoke a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just listen. Like, you'd be, like, surprised on just the different perspectives and, like, eye-opening things that you can get by just sitting down and listening to someone. And, like, I got to tell that to myself included because, like, so many times if I'm, like, discussing with somebody – I'm not truly listening because I'm, I'm thinking of a reaction to what they just told me. So the whole time, I'm, like, kind of blocking out what they're telling me because I'm just focused on what I'm going to say back to them. Uh, but listening is definitely a big part. Um, and then I wrote a couple other things down. But just kind of going off that, like, just as a Christian, like, I believe we're all redeemable by the gospel. And God is meant to, like, unify us. Like, he means unity. Like, the one thing that we all have in common in this room is that we've been made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it does suck to see, like, just so much, like, diversification, like, separation that's going on, like, in the, uh, in the world right now. Um, and I just know that's not what God intended for us. So those are the big things I yeah. wrote down. And I, I just encourage any of you guys who have black peers among you just to, you know, just to be really open about it. Like, if, you don't have to start a conversation about them being black, but you can just, <laughs> you can just uh, sympathize or hear them if they have anything different to say that you usually don't hear. Yeah. And uh, so how do you guys react to the statement, like, I don't see color? Like, how do you, how do you respond to that? <laughs> um, I think you got a good way, way to explain, answer that. But Well, I, was, I, asked, um, uh, I asked somebody about that before. I asked Chris Douthit about it before. And he said, don't say you don't see, see color, because you do. Don't say you don't see it, because you do. You know, he said, I'm a black man, and you're white. But what makes us different, we can celebrate. It's not something that we have to, like, try to, to, to press down and, like, ignore, because God loves diversity. We should love it, too. And so he said, let's celebrate, because what, you know, there's that cliche, what makes us different makes us great. And uh, that was kind of what he said about that. And I, 
I think that that's something that's really important. Look, ba basically, guys, this is all, if, if we want to be as Christians, people that say that we believe the Bible, Micah 6.8 says, um, can you throw that up on the wall there, Tanner? He has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? That is an amazing phrase. How do you do justice? How do you turn justice into a verb? And it, I think what a lot of people see is that, like, uh, um, there's a lot of racial injustice, uh, social injustice, or whatever, all kinds of injustice. People are getting oppressed. The book of James in chapter 2 talks a lot about this. Rich people oppressing the poor, for example. And uh, so the Bible says that we should do justice because that's what God tells us to do. And then young people like yourselves look around and say, oh, well, that's not happening. Well, then the Bible's idea of justice must not be good. Let's go find some, some other idea of how to deal with this. And I would say to you, don't do that. Don't reject going to the Bible to find the answers to problems that we face in the world just because you don't see people doing it right. The problem isn't the Bible. The problem is the people trying to use it. Some people will even use the Bible as, you know, use the, pow the word power, you know, use it to, to gain power over other people and manipulate people. And that's not right either. God didn't give us it for that reason. As Christians, we, if you boil down our faith, we would say that we're followers of Jesus Christ. All right? Okay. All right. That should come out a lot faster, <laughs> I think. Uh, so, we follow Jesus Christ. That's our model. He's the one that we pattern our lives after. We should be reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see, okay, uh, how should I be living my life? Jesus dealt with people that came at him like this. I should do that too. Um. Uh, Jesus ate with these people. Jesus, these kinds of people mattered, and, and he gave a lot of attention to what kinds of people. That's, I should do that too. And in the Philippians chapter 2, Tanner, you can throw that up on the wall there. Uh, it tells us that we should have in ourselves the same mind that Jesus had, who did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, emptied himself by pay, taking the form of a servant. So here's this guy. We'll call him a guy. That's pretty irreverent to call Jesus a guy. We have Jesus in heaven, power city, right? He's got all the power in the universe. And what does he do with that power? He lays it aside. I think what, one of the problems we have is that we have people that have power that are trying to hold on to it, and people that don't have power that are trying to get it from those who do, and so it's kind of like a tug of war. And we're trying to set up the system so that we can adjust the power, and if we look at the model of Jesus, humility is the key. That Micah verse... Tanner, put that back up, please. It says, 
do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly. And that's really what will win the day in this world, I think, is if, if we look at the issues related to race and inequality and things like that today, what we, what we don't need to do is force everybody into a new way of thinking and realign all the power structures. Because if you do that, basically you're transferring the power from one group of people to the, another group of sinful people, and they're just going to do the same thing that the opposite people did, and we're going to have the same problem in reverse. Instead, if we understand the Bible's de definition of all of this, we say even the people that have power will be using that for the benefit of those that don't have it. That's a new way of thinking it, instead of being selfish with it. And so, you know, I am a white male. That means in our culture today that I should actually <laughs> repent of the fact that I am uh, because I'm, I've been the source of the problem for all these years. And, and I, I look at that and I'm like, well, that wasn't me, right? And, um, and I don't want my race to defi define me in, in the minds of other people. You guys don't want either, probably, right? And uh, so, so let what's inside you coming out as you are a Christian be what defines you. Let that shine. The Bible tells us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our, our race. They may see our good works. Doing justice is one of those things. So, all right. We've gone just a little bit over today. Is there anything else that you guys would like to just say in, in a way to sum up what we've talked about tonight? Uh, you don't have to, but if there's something you're like, you know, I need to, I, I think I need to say this, we missed this, or anything like that. I just want to say one thing. Um, I liked how you ended it, bringing it back to the Bible, though, mm -hmm. and I'm going away from it again, but. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but I, uh. I wanted to say that, like, to understand, like, racism in America, it, it could be kind of hard to some people because they think, like, some people honestly think, you know, slavery ended so long ago. Why are there still problems? Like, we're free. Um, I just, to understand, like, what's going on in, the, in your country is just, like, you, you can't really understand it unless you know the history of your country, like, how it was, like, made, how it was built. And if you can, if you can reach back and like understand those things, you can make sense of exactly like what's probably going on today as well. So that's yeah. all I want to say. Yeah, that's a good point. We can end on that too. Is that um, just because slavery ended at the end of the Civil War doesn't mean racism ended at the end of the Civil War? I mean, it, we had race riots in the 1960s. All right, and. Um, and then even after that, it's even um, have any of you guys ever been to the uh, the museum just across the river? Uh, that one right there. Yeah, well, uh, the one that's uh, the national is it the yeah the underground railroad museum. I encourage you to go there. Also, this is kind of off the wall, but I want you to watch a movie. Go watch Remember the Titans. I love that movie. I was watching that with Andrew and Peter the other day. Man, that movie is so, so good. You don't even have to like football. But it's about this, this uh, 
uh, is in the 1970s, and the, we had Jim Crow laws and all that kind of stuff, but then we had black schools and we had white schools, and then they decided that they were going to make this one school and force them to become a, a mixed school, and neither side wanted that, and it was like, there was this, like, racial uh, riots in front of the school building and picket signs and everything like that, and they were punching each other, and it was a mess at first. But what did they do? They, they, they forced the football team, the coaches forced them to, like, talk to each other, ask them questions. What was it like to grow up where you lived? Um, you know, uh, what's your family like? How are th and, and so when you, when you start to, like, hear what people have to say about their lives, it makes them a real person instead of just a number with a face. And I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So go watch that movie, read your Bible, and, uh, and, and do what these guys have been talking about, too. Um, speaking of, like, you talked about um, going and supporting black uh, businesses. Uh, I stopped getting my haircut at Great Clips, and now I go to Newport to uh, Off the Top, and uh, man, there's some great black people in that place, and they, they, you know, you walk in there, they'll be like, come on over, sit down. We'll get you right. You're all messed up. I'm going to fix you. And so, uh, so and, and listening to what, I'm in there, and those guys are talking, and I'm listening, and I'm learning about, you know, what it's just like to live in Newport or in downtown Covington or something like that where people are a little different than I am. And so that's just one way I think maybe we could do that, too. So uh, it would be really funny if some of you went home and said, hey, I want to go get my hair cut in Newport from now on <laughs> or something like that. So um, listen to people and and and. Look at them as real people and uh, try to understand where they're coming from. That's huge. So, all right, let's pray, and we'll get you out of here. Sorry we're a little late. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and I pray that you would uh, help us as Christians to be leaders in this area of doing justice. Um, I, I ask that you forgive us. Churches haven't been leading the way some churches have, like the one Adonis mentioned in New York City, but not all churches have, and not all churches have been a real light in this area. And Lord, I pray that uh, people will be able to look to the church and see us doing justice and say, ha, huh, you know what, maybe that's the right way to do it, because look what's going on there. And uh, so we're going to need help to do that, because it's going to mean that we're going to have to overcome some fears, maybe some uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortability. And Lord, uh, but we know that you can help us, and we would ask you to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.